We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered. Crunch time! Crunch time! You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch time! Crunch time! All righty, Kansas City, welcome to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Bowen. What a wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas. It's February football. And the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing in Super Bowl 57. Frank, what a ring that has to it. The Kansas City Chiefs back in the Super Bowl in rarefied air. Uh, three Super Bowls in four years. Uh, there's only about three or four teams that have been able to do that. The Dolphins from 71 to 73, the Vikings from 73 to 76, the Cowboys did it twice, 75 to 78, 92 to 95, and, of course, the Broncos in the mid-80s, 86 to 89. Frank, you were in Kansas City covering the Chiefs at that point, and then the Bills uh, also did it in the 90s. They didn't win a Super Bowl. And then, of course, the Patriots under Tom Brady did it a couple times, too. But, um, wow, what a unbelievable feat for the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that, um, wow, just uh, been able to put it together uh, one way or another through thick and thin, Frank. What a crazy, crazy game. And, We'll talk more about that, but what does this Super Bowl mean to you, Frank? You've been covering Kansas City sports for a long, long time, and it's got to be really cool to see your Chiefs go to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, it really is because I think, Tim, and I think you felt this as well back when you played in the 90s, the fact that you know uh, not getting there is a huge disappointment. All those winning seasons under Marty and and uh, you know his coaching staff, and of course uh, Carl Peterson, you know doing everything, trying to get this team over the hump and into the Super Bowl, and they never, you never quite made it. Joe Montana's head getting bounced off the frozen turf in Buffalo—that was probably the end of it right there. But Marcus Allen was playing here, and all the great players you played with that are that you outlined in your book, and you brought back so many memories for me in that book as well. It just was a shame that you just couldn't get over the hump. But I know that's one of the—I mean, you're in the Ring of Honor in Kansas City, very proud of that. But you know, I think the one thing, and I—you know—I was talking to TV stations are in here doing a lot of stuff and. Just uh, the the fact that every player I've ever talked to who has gone to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, okay, in Canton, Ohio, who does not have a Super Bowl ring, that is the one huge regret in their career, although they've reached the pinnacle of success with the fact that they are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which just tells you how great they were, but they could never win that Super Bowl and have a Super Bowl championship. So I know how big that is for you guys. Yeah, and you know, Frank, we always talk about it. We've talked about it here this year and actually the last couple of years. And it really goes back to the beginning where the NFL is kind of a quarterback-driven league and a quarterback-driven success ratio when you look at the great teams in the past. You know, all those teams that I just rattled off with Greasy with the Dolphins and Tarkington with the Vikings and Stallback with the uh, Cowboys and Aikman with the Cowboys and Elway with the Broncos and Kelly with the Bills and, of course, Brady, who will also be in the Hall of Fame 
with the Patriots. Um, all those guys are Hall of Famers. And, uh, you know, we had a little taste of a Hall of Famer in Kansas City with Joe Montana at the very end of his year. Kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, maybe um, uh, Tom Brady with the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where although they got to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady again, and really uh, because of the hit, like you mentioned, we didn't get to go to the Super Bowl because of uh, Joe getting banged up, but he almost brought us there, brought us to the AFC Championship. So a lot of parallels between the two, but, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league, Frank, and uh, we have some good quarterbacks. Uh, it takes a great quarterback. Well, I'll even say it takes an elite quarterback. It probably takes an elite quarterback to do the kind of things the Chiefs have been able to do over the last four or five years, and that starts with Patrick Mahomes. What a gutsy performance. What a tough kid. Uh, what a, a guy that just seeps confidence out of every pore of his body. And uh, we'll talk more about, you know, just the personnel around him at the end of that game that he was able to go out and beat the Bengals, a team that's won 10 in a row and beat them three times in a row with arguably the second-best quarterback in the league. Yeah, and him, you know, coming back from that high ankle sprain to play just shows his toughness and how incredible he is. He wasn't going to miss that game. It was like – Kelsey also coming out the last uh, practice of last week before the game, and he had back spasms. And there was, I'm just going, there's no way he doesn't play. I mean, his back could be, you know, broken, and he's going to be out there playing with uh, with Patrick Mahomes. But the uh, the combination of Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and I'll tell you what, the the other guy doesn't. Well, he is starting to get a lot of attention now. Is Brett Veach, their general manager, who has you know put together this team, trading Tyree Kill. Uh, during the offseason, everybody thought, okay, this is going to be a rebuilding team for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, and this season is not going to be where you want it to be until we get these these guys up to speed. And here they are. They're in the Super Bowl. They had 10 rookies play in that AFC Championship game. That is unbelievable and unprecedented. And that just goes to – and that, you know, that's just not Andy Reid getting those rookies ready to play. It's that the rookies are good enough to play, that they are talented enough to play and that they get them up to speed enough to play during practice. And those, uh, you know, we always talked about those Friday practices that uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, they get the offense into the corner of the field somewhere. They go through all those crazy plays that they come up with, you know, uh, that they, they just try to include everybody. And that's why a Marcus Camp and a Sky Moore are ready to go despite the fact they haven't been playing much during the second half of this football season. And that just, that's coaching. That is players being aware of other players. That's players coaching each other up at the same time because you don't have as many reps during the regular practice that you might want that you use all those reps on the first team, but you sort of sprinkle those guys in, and when you need them, they're ready to go just like they were on Sunday. Yeah, Frank, and you hit it right in the head when you talked about this kind of a culture of winning in Kansas City, and it, it starts with uh, Clark Hunt and the Hunt family. And it goes through, you know, Mark Donovan. And then, of course, uh, you know, uh, Brett Beach, who's brought in such great talent. Uh, Andy Reid, who uh, is the head coach. He is the uh, mentor. He is the, the head of the, uh, of the organization on the field. And then, of course, the assistant coaches. And, you know, being an assistant coach for many, many years, and I've been a head coach, I've been an assistant coach, and there's different roles for each, uh, each one of those titles that, you got to give a lot of credit to uh, the assistant coaches. 
Uh, one of the things you see from the Kansas City Chiefs, and we saw it when Heaney had to, or when Henny had to go in and uh, and play uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he was prepared. Uh, you see these young guys going out there and playing, and you know Snead goes down and somebody pops in, they're prepared to play. Was it perfect? No. Uh, was there mistakes made? Absolutely. You know our friend uh, the safety cook from Cincinnati. Uh, he had a tough game. You know, he had a pass interference. He had a penalty. I believe it was on special teams. And, uh, you know, instead of, and this is one of the things that, that I reiterated big time when I was talking with Seren, and I, and I want to get this message out to everybody, and I had to learn this the hard way too, uh, not only as a player but as a coach. Uh, there's a way to coach. There's a way to, uh, to criticize and and yeah, you have to criticize, and yeah, you have to coach, and sometimes you gotta, you know, uh, kind of uh, get in, get into the grill a little bit of your player. But the way to go about doing this, Frank, and I know you've been a coach, and I know for a fact uh, that you coach this way also. That you criticize the performance, you don't criticize the performer, because the performer can get over criticizing the performance, but the performer being criticized personally causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of angst, a lot of issues, a lot of drama, a lot of bull crap because they start to take it personal. And as an assistant coach, you got to coach them up. But if you criticize the performance and not the performer, then you have an opportunity to get your guys better. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff understands that. And you see it all the way from the quarterback position to the kickers, where criticizing the performance, if the performance isn't good enough, then you're going to be criticized. But we are not going to criticize the performer. That happens on other teams, and you start to lose the team. So the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas City Chiefs players in that locker room and the coaches in those rooms have done a wonderful job of preparing their guys, getting them ready to play. And you know what? When they go out on the field, you can see it. Guys are prepared. And that is a great testament to the assistant coaches for teaching the proper way. Yeah, right. They just uh, they don't give up on a player, which is the most important thing. I think the other thing about not just the coaching staff where you were talking about you know, you can criticize the performance, but not the performer. Uh, the deal is the, the coaching staff doesn't give up on them either. And the uh, and then the players don't give up on their teammates either. That's where you, I think you get a lot of dissension in the locker room. When, you know, the offense is pointing fingers at the defense because they can't stop anybody or the defense is pointing fingers at the offense because they can't score in a certain situation. That just doesn't happen on this team. Just look at Sky Moore. You know, you put him back there and he – he said, I, I don't want to return punts. I don't feel comfortable back there. I don't want to do it. And yet they never gave up on him. Every practice they had him back there catching punts. And uh, thank goodness the Cincinnati punter was kicking line drives and not those high spirals up in the air where the, where the point turns over and starts heading down that does scare a punt returner if he doesn't want to do it. But uh, he was ready, grabbed that punt, made up for a lot of past transgressions with that return on that punt. And then, uh, you know, that's uh, – that, that's a big thing. You just you can't give up on the players because these are the only guys you got. If if you go outside and try to add to the to the roster, you're picking some guy off the scrap heap. You have no idea how long it's going to take him to get up to speed and start doing the things you want him to do. 
Yeah, exactly. So, hey, real quick, we'll go to the good and the bad and the ugly. Uh, from the Bengal game, we'll talk a little bit about this Bengals game and some of the stats and statistics and some of the things that came out of the game. And, and maybe in that second segment, Frank, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if you dug into kind of game planning, but storylines of the, of the Super Bowl. It just feels like it's weird when you have this kind of like bye week, uh, even, as, even as a media person, you, you just kind of take a deep breath. I mean, my God, have mercy. So let's go through the good, bad, and the ugly. And the good is obviously – the quarterback-driven league is being led by the best quarterback in the league, and that's Patrick Mahomes. The gutsy performance that he had in that football game on Sunday with a bad ankle, and guess what? It is a bad ankle, and it was painful. And You could tell at certain times when he did certain things that he was in a lot of pain. And for everybody out there that thinks that he's going to be 100% or even close to that when the Super Bowl comes around, it's not going to happen. But the guy is gutsy. He's tough. He doesn't give up on his teammates. He doesn't give up on himself. And that's why he is with the elite of uh, the quarterback position in the NFL. When you talk about Brady and you talk about Elway, you talk about Aikman, and you talk about all the greats that have played and won multiple Super Bowls, that Patrick Mahomes is right there with him. And, he, gosh, he's only been playing for, what, a handful of years. It's just unbelievable. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. That's a good the bad was the injuries at the wide receiver position. You know, uh, Tooney goes down, and then Smith-Schuster goes down, and then Hardman goes down, and the next thing you know, you look up and you got Kemp Moore and Watson playing wide receiver for you in the key part of the game in the fourth quarter. Amazing. Uh, will all those guys be ready for the Super Bowl? I would think that they'll all be dressed and ready to go. Now, whether they'll be 100% or whether anybody's 100% in February playing football, I don't know. But uh, I think that they'll all be out there, and let's hope that uh, they can get out there and be productive and give the Chiefs an opportunity to win. But they're banged up, and that's something they're going to have to address. Uh, the ugly was the officiating. And, listen, I, 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 I'm, I went off last Tuesday. Uh, I don't know if I have the energy <laughs> to do that again. I mean, it is aggravating. Uh, it just it is something that really bugs me. And the reason why it bugs me it's not particularly that I'm disagreeing with there were some bad calls. There's been bad calls both ways all year long. The NFL has struggled. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say they have struggled with officiating this year. And it's something that needs to be addressed. And I thought Seren brought up a good point. I think that they're too reliant and they're too uh, addicted, for lack of a better word, of help from New York. And they're all kind of waiting around to make a call, and they're afraid to make a call because somebody's going to uh, disagree or they're going to reverse it or whatever it is. I don't know. But guess what? The NBA is going through the same damn thing. Major League Baseball, we hear about it all the time. Oh, there should be uh, computer-generated strike zones. AI, baby. AI is coming. It's coming. Yeah. (laughs) You're damn right. It probably is. And, 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 Frank, you've been around the media business for a long, long time. You know, probably since, God, Tim, you, you Tim, green, Tim, you? some people say too long. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but, but um, you know, there used to be, when you'd come out to Arrowhead Stadium back in the early 90s, there was probably about five or six or seven guys that consistently came out to cover the Chiefs, right? Right. You know, I could probably name them. I, you know, well, maybe a little bit later, but Whitlock was one of them. Adam Teicher was one of them. You were one of them. Keats was one of them. 
Um, you know, uh, uh, Lee Fleisick was one of them. I mean, I'm probably missing a couple, but you, you get the general gist. There, yeah. there, there was, there was, you know, about six or seven guys that are out there. All right, so now you probably got about 19, 20, 21, 22 guys that are consistently out there with all the different websites and everything else. I get it. But the problem is this. There's four to five to six million, six million opinions and takes and hot takes. They're all over social media that is destroying this business. It destroys the integrity. It destroys the fabric of sports. When, when people get pissed off and people get upset about calls and they're going out there and they're saying that the game is fixed, the guys are on the take, and all those kind of things, they are destroying the fabric of our great sport because they're upset their team didn't win. And to me, that's bullcrap. And that's what aggravates me more than anything else. I Listen, the officiating is always going to be bad. You know what? Just like sometimes the play is bad on the field. Sometimes the offensive line plays like crap. Sometimes the quarterback plays like crap. Sometimes the officials can't make good calls. They play like crap. It's just part of being a human being. All right? I understand. I've been moaned about calls this year, too. There were times where I thought, you know, that's crazy. Uh, what, what's going on? But we have to realize that that is part of the game. And the officials didn't cause Joe Burrow to throw two interceptions. The officials didn't cause that idiot to hit the guy out of bounds, six yards out of bounds. And then for some gal on ESPN to stir the pot and to say that, oh, he, he was only 15% out of bounds with his foot. <laughs> I, I wanted to jump. I almost threw my darn clicker through the damn TV. That's what aggravates me. Right there, a hot take so you can get a little bit of attention, so you can get a little notoriety, and you're trying to ruin the game. And by the way, you're taking away, Frank, and this is what aggravates me more than anything else, you're taking away from the play on the field. Because all the plays that are made, all the sacrifices, all the injuries, playing through injuries, all the pain, all the heartache, all the tears, is washed away by one or two calls. And that is a sin. Yeah, that really is. The uh, the officiating has been poor, to say the least, uh, this entire season for everybody. It just doesn't happen to Kansas City Chiefs, okay? So it is we- uh, league-wide. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, just the way it is. You got human beings trying to, uh, to referee uh, a human game, and it is just uh, taking away from it. Uh, and it is, you know, we're going to go to the Super Bowl, and guess who's going to be there as the head referee? Carl Sheffers, the Chiefs' favorite guy, is the number one guy. He's going to be the, he's gonna be the number one ref. That's going to be an issue for the Chiefs because as soon as that flag comes out of his pocket one time to throw it against the Chiefs, the place is going to implode. It's just going to be just crazy. But uh, yeah, AI is coming eventually, especially for spots and stuff. I, I thought the biggest play of the game last week, I know we'll, we got another week before we even play a football game, so we don't even – I mean, we will talk about the Eagles and what they achieved this year. We talk about it in, in the next segment. But the uh, the biggest play for me in the game was uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling when he reached for that first down, Tim. Yeah. And they and they came out and they you know they said he didn't make it. And then he went out and they reviewed the spot and he made it. That was a huge play in this football game just for a singular play that the rest really didn't have right and then they ended up getting it right because of replay so that was you know they they challenged it so that was a huge play as far as this uh this team was concerned but you're right 
the uh, the refereeing and, and the people talking about you know the, the game's fixed and you know all it, you, there's so many players who have played the game. If the game was fixed, if the NFL fixed games, they they couldn't do it through the players anyway because a player is going to get cut by a team. To first, where's he going to go? He's going to go to the NFL. I'll say they were we were fixing plays when we were in talking to coach and the general manager came down and told us we got you know we're going to have to take get knocked out in the fourth round here. You know, it's like the old boxing analogy. You know, it's just it, there's just too many players, too many people involved. So it's just it's just crazy. Now the people will go well. Then the referees are on the take, and I say, well, that's happened. That happened in the NBA. That's for sure. But the um, you can go watch that. I think it's a thirty for thirty or something of that nature with that. But uh, you can go watch that situation where they, you know, got into a referee and you know he he started uh, tanking his game. So that's uh, that was interesting as well. But I, again, there are so many factors and so many outside forces that it just wouldn't be able to stay under wraps if they were fixing games. Frank, we can't keep uh, national uh, security secrets, let alone having a bunch of NFL players, <laughs> uh, you know, keeping these secrets. You're exactly right. So, yeah, listen, uh, real quick, I want to thank our great sponsor. We're so excited about the Kansas City Chiefs being in the Super Bowl and so excited about that win over the Bengals that we forgot to even bring up. Our great sponsor, CBD American Shaman, uh, thank you guys so much once again. Uh, you know, we do this all year round. It doesn't end when the Super Bowl is played. We'll be covering it and taking deep breaths. And then next thing you know, Frank, will be talking about uh, the draft. Which will be, be in Kansas City. will be in Kansas City. And all those kind of things. And and uh, we couldn't do it without our great friends from CBD American Shaman. And you get 30% off right now at all CBD American Shaman stores all over the metro when you buy some some products over a hundred dollars which you know you go in and you get some water soluble get a couple gummies and maybe get some you know topical cream and and then uh, you'll be right where you need to be to get that 30 percent off and uh the great thing is i want to thank them they've also been selling my books out of their cbd american shaman stores that was very nice of them to do and and i do appreciate the support uh, not only from cbd american shaman but from the chief's kingdom and buying the books uh but yeah guys uh uh, don't forget about the Shaman Wellness. Uh, I had the uh, PRP done in my shoulder, and the shoulder feels great. Uh, I need one more treatment. I uh, can't wait to get that treatment because if it's any indication after that first treatment that the second treatment does even more, then I'm going to be feeling really good. So if you got hormone issues or you're looking to, uh, maybe you're feeling a little down, you're dragging a little bit. Uh, you got to put some high octane gas in that car, Frank. You got to put the expensive stuff in to get that car revving again. Uh, maybe you need to get those hormones going again. Go over and see our friends from Shaman Wellness. Yeah, you got to put a couple extra pounds on during the holiday, and you you have a uh, you know you you try uh, you know different workouts. By the way, go and try Body Twenty. It's a great workout over there. Uh, but uh, you're 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 you're, you're kind of failing a little bit on your on your uh on your new year's resolution and you didn't lose that weight well go in there they can help you out there too frank i know you've been around uh the wellness center and and uh, you've taken advantage of some of their stuff uh great people over there yeah it really is and you know today tim it's going to be about 50 degrees here so you know where i'm going to be about noon 
okay, there was about noon today, um, was playing some golf. So you have to lather up with all the uh, with all the shaman products and get them on. I got that bad foot, my left foot, and I walk when I play. So um, I got that left foot and I put it on uh, that uh, that arch, and then I uh, you know I lather up my knuckles and of, of my two hands and I take care of those and uh, got there and playing. You know when it's forty five fifty degrees and there's no wind here and the sun's out, it's a beautiful day. And uh, so I, you know, did that today, and it was uh, it was terrific. So it's a it's a lot of fun, and those people have really helped me out. There was a time when I thought my my career career my uh, my fun days of playing golf are over, and uh, I was really far from wrong. They have helped me get through this whole situation and continue to do so. So I love them. I love the guys. You know, they're great. Vince Sanders, of course, the founder, and Graham Puba. And, of course, our buddy Jamie Willard, you know, they really take care of you and I and really take care and love the Chiefs, love doing this show and love sponsoring this. And we'll be sponsoring a lot of the Super Bowl coverage coming from Sports Radio 810 on Radio Row next week from uh, Glendale, Arizona, uh, where the Eagles are the home team. They get to practice on the field there at Glendale, and the Chiefs will be relegated to Arizona State University in downtown Phoenix, and that's uh, where they will be working out. But they are the they are the visitors. They will be the away team designated by the NFL for this game. So somebody told me they're going to wear white over red. Uh, their white jerseys and the red pants. I like white over white. I, I don't know. I just like that white over uh, white. I do. I saw the opposite. I saw the white over white uh, because somebody actually – uh, quoted me saying back in the day when we wore white over white that I looked like the well, <laughs> marshmallow. The marshmallow man. <laughs> and I did. I, I did. I, I'd be in there looking, oh, man, I wish we had a little bit of darker colors here to kind of uh, take away from that marshmallowy look that I had. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, Frank. Uh, I don't know if it's white on white or white on red, but uh, as long as they're there, I saw the uh, – <laughs> Yeah, as long as they're playing the game, who cares? <laughs> If they put the uh, patch on uh, uh, the the, uh, the the jerseys uh, just the other day, and Alan Wright, who does such a wonderful job over there uh, at the facility, uh, was packing up all this stuff, and they're getting ready for that truck that's making its trek uh, down to Arizona. Frank, you've done that drive a couple times. Oh yeah, that's a uh, that's a that, that's a drive. You got to watch <laughs> the weather. Got to go across uh, the mountains there. Uh, you know, got to go across the Continental Divide and either you go across Flagstaff, which can be snowed in, or you go down through um, Santa Fe, Towson, Santa Fe, which can be snowed in, or you have to go down to the southern route and avoid all that stuff and go through the more, the lower elevations down through New Mexico and Oklahoma and Texas right in through that area instead. So there's ways to get down there, but it's about a, well, for one of those those big trucks, it's probably a twenty hour drive at least. So um, they'll it'll take them a day or two to get there, and the Chiefs won't get there until uh, next week. So that'll be I think they'll I think they fly in Sunday, don't they, Tim? I think they come in on Sunday night because I think the first media availability, at least for the coaches, is Monday, and that big media scrum was Tuesdays. But the um, but the deal is that's just. You know, it, I don't know if that's changed or not because I haven't been there for a while. Yeah, I remember now that they'll have uh, some press conferences with the commissioner with the state of the NFL, and you can imagine that some of these topics that we've talked about will be brought up. It's usually a pretty a pretty cool week of uh, different uh, you know media 
kind of events with press conferences with the coaches and the players, and then of course the commissioner, and and then uh, I guess Beyonce. I guess she's doing the halftime show, so they'll do some stuff with her. Uh, so uh, it'll be a lot of fun down there uh, for the uh, for the fans and uh, the media. Uh, I know A10 will have a uh, a, ro- a role and a presence there on Radio Row, so. That'll be great, too, Frank. And, uh, man, oh, man, it's just amazing. Uh, remember now, and this I was thinking about this the other day, Frank. Uh, the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl wasn't a long time ago. It was just a couple of years ago. But what was it? It was right in the middle of COVID. And remember, they went down, like, the day before the game. And there was all that drama that happened right before they left. We don't need to get into all that. But uh, that wasn't good. They got down there and... Uh, I talked to a couple of the players, Frank, uh, uh, after the event. And they're like, you know, being in Miami with all the pomp and circumstance and the excitement and just kind of the, just the, the, uh, the feel of, uh, of a Super Bowl week was great. And then all of a sudden they went to Tampa uh, during COVID and there was nobody there. The stands were half empty. Uh, they got down a couple of days before. It uh, just didn't feel the same. Uh, so uh, it'll be great for the Kansas City Chiefs that, you know, unfortunately had to deal with the COVID Bowl, the COVID Super Bowl last time they played against Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. And uh, so they get an opportunity now uh, for a do-over against the Eagles in Arizona. So I'm glad that, uh, you know, we've kind of all sucked it up a little bit and did our part to uh, try to curtail this horrible virus. It's still around, uh, and most of us have gotten – the vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, it's full go, uh, full stadiums, uh, full media events, uh, full week. It'll be a lot of fun for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, really. Well, by the way, the halftime is Rihanna, not Beyonce. You're thinking Beyonce is going to be at Arrowhead in September? September, I think. Yeah, September 18th. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 it's, it's Rihanna. Uh, uh, by the way, I don't think McCole Hardman is going to be able to make it. For the Super Bowl, I don't think he's going to be ready. Uh, he's the only one. Juju, I worry about that knee with yeah. Juju having to cut off that knee and doing all that sort of stuff. So it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those deals. So we'll see as we go along. I fully expect everybody else to be back and healthy. The Chiefs' injury report is very short. The, uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, oh, talk on it. the Eagles it has a they have a much longer list of guys. Plus, they just had that uh, one of their players, Sills, uh, Josh Sills, I think his name was. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a distraction. He was just um, – he's a reserve offensive lineman. He was just indicted for rape and kidnapping. Uh, that is not good. He's one of the backup offensive linemen, but still a little bit of a distraction. People are going to have to – I don't know if they're going to talk about it or not, but, you know, it's just one of those things. You just hate having a distraction, so. Uh, we'll see how that impacts the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not sure that it will or not. So, and let's hope that uh, Andy doesn't uh, lose any players down to Mexico. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, we, like we don't want to be going down there at all. Yeah, That's not a safe place anyway. So I wouldn't let's, be let's, let's, to go there. Away. Let's just kind of hang out there. Yep. Uh, uh, in Scottsdale. You it's got probably- it, buddy. You got it. Well, let, well, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk a little bit about more about this matchup. We'll get into it much more next week, but we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the Eagles, number one team for the NFC against the Chiefs. 
the number one team from the AFC. Right now, the Eagles a slight favorite in the football game. I think by kickoff, the Chiefs will be favorite in this football game, but that's just me. And we'll be back to talk about that next on Crunch Time. All right, guys, welcome back to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Ball, and we're taking a deep breath, at least trying to take a deep breath as we get ready for the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs playing some February football, uh, which is always a good thing. So congratulations to Clark Hunt and the Hunt family. Congratulations to uh, the front office of the Chiefs and the coaching staff and Andy Reid, the players and and the fans and the Chiefs kingdom. Congratulations as we're heading to the Super Bowl, which is just a nice ring to it, Frank. Heading to the Super Bowl. Real quick, a uh, just a recap. Uh, the Bengal game seems like uh, just a just a kind of thing of the past now. But uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals, the Chiefs led in first downs, 23 to 18. Uh, they outpassed uh, the Bengals by about 70 yards. They got their butts kicked in the run game. They only ran for 42 yards, which is something they're going to have to do better in the Super Bowl if they want to win. They won the turnover battle, Frank. And one of the things that you and I talked about as the playoffs uh, started was the Chiefs have to win the battle of the turnover, and they have to get to the Super Bowl, which was really important. And then, of course, you know, everybody talks about all these penalties, the lack of penalties, everything else. It was really, it was only like 13 penalties called in the whole game. Uh, maybe they wanted more. Uh, but uh, the Chiefs had nine. I mean, the uh, Bengals had nine. The Chiefs had about four or five. Uh, so, you know, hey, listen, Burrow threw a couple picks in key situations, and that was the difference in the game. And once again, four games now, four in a row, that the separation between wins and losses has been three points. Uh, Bucker kicking a huge field goal. I guess it was a great hold, Frank. I guess the hold <laughs> must have been. Good snap, too, I guess. Yeah, good snap, a good hold. The kick is just, you know, just a kind of a, a, a consequence. Minor detail. Minor detail, Tim. Minor, minor detail. Uh, but like you said, uh, Sky Moore with one of the biggest plays of his life with a nice return. Uh, and, of course, uh, there was some clipping on that. I mean, you know what, listen, give me a break. Okay, so uh, really, really a, uh, a nice job by some of the guys that have been much maligned in Kansas City, Bucker and Sky Moore, and especially in the special teams. Yeah, really, it's, uh, it was good to see Sky Moore get, get that and get that back. Like I said, again, the punter from the Bengals, line driving his kicks, that's not good because you don't give your cover team time to get down there and gives the returner a pretty good uh, feel of what's ahead of him on the field. And Sky Moore took, uh, took advantage of it, caught the ball, took advantage of it in the outside, a big play in that game especially for him. Biggest thing for me, the rookies' contributions in this game, Isaiah Pacheco, 85 yards, uh, Jalen Watson, two pass breakups, an interception. Joshua Williams had an interception. Trent McDuffie had two pass breakups. Uh, George Karloftis had a sack. Brian Cook, even though he's having a tough game, he had a pass breakup that created that interception. And then Sky Moore with the 29-yard punt return. And uh, those those rookies, plus some others, really uh, contributed to to this win, and that's uh, that's hats off to Andy Reid to get these young guys ready to play. Remember, lo- most of them have been playing all season, so this is like they've they're almost into their second NFL season. Not really rookies anymore, but uh, the 
they were great contributions to giving a huge football game, the AFC Championship game, which will really help them moving on to play an even a bigger game in this Super Bowl. So that is that's a big deal. Yeah, the funny thing is after the game, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs obviously winning the game, and you know there was all the drama before about Burrowhead Stadium, and and then of <laughs> course the mayor of Cincinnati going on and and uh, making a joke that fell flat really everywhere, and uh, wasn't just in Kansas City. I think the people even of Cincinnati thought it was kind of a flat bad joke, uh, and you know Travis Kelsey getting on and calling it. A jambroni, which is great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's kind of that um, uh, that uh, whatever that generation is now the uh, um, the millennials. That's kind of their little line. Jambroni and Chach are the two I hear all the time from my kids. I, so I I never heard of jambroni until my kids started saying it, and then it was funny that Travis said it too. Jabroni but, jabroni is a an Ohio derivative of Pittsburgh's jagoff. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. So that, that's where we are. Just move across state line. They changed it a little bit. Starts with the same letter, but it uh, it is uh, you know it's just a little little derivation of that of that word. So well, I will say that my daughter Kaylee, who uh, lives in Cincinnati, and uh, yeah, she roots for the Cincinnati. Oh yeah, she does. Of course, she does. Uh, but all the ladies love Joe Burrow, just like all the ladies here love Patrick Mahomes. I will say that uh, the Cincinnati mayor uh, will not be using that in any political uh, commercials uh, anytime soon. In fact, I would think that whoever's running against him uh, would use uh, that little clip uh, because there's a lot of people that are none too happy with that mayor in Cincinnati for some of the comments that he made to stir up the pot when, you know, he – he had no, uh, you know, no, no value for the football game. So, yeah, that's funny. Once again, the politics of, uh, of sport, but uh, that kind of backfired on him. But the Kansas City Chiefs win the game. Uh, Cincinnati goes home. And, you know, uh, one of the things that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have to deal with, not that we care, uh, but the Joe You're Burrow, talking about it. Sounds like you care. I know. But you know <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow is going to have to get paid now, Frank. Oh, boy. They're on, he's on his rookie contract. Uh, so all those guys that are sitting there uh, that want to get paid, Higgins and Chase and Mixon and uh, Hendrickson and uh, Hubbard and all those guys, we'll see, Frank. We'll see if Joe Burrow is really a team player, a lot like uh, Patrick Mahomes was. And, you know, we really won't hurt him next year because they'll be able to fiddle with that whole thing. But in two years, when that cap hit starts kicking in, Cincinnati Bengals are going to be reeling a little bit. Yeah, but, but you also have to worry about the Chiefs, though, Tim. I mean, going down the road a couple of years from now, okay, Mahomes' contracts are going to keep hitting big. coming, And I know he'll renegotiate or whatever, but if you if you are a player like Joe Burrow who wants to keep the great players around him, then you'll work it out with your general manager with your contract and keep going. Remember, Chiefs had to dump Tyreek Hill. Okay, you know what I mean? That was a huge that was a huge decision to make because they just, you know, Tyreek wanted to get paid X amount of dollars and she's went, we just can't afford to pay you that because of the other guys we have on contract. So we're going to trade you, get all the draft picks we can, get younger, 
bring these young kids in, and uh, you know we'll, we'll go out in the free agent market, and we'll pick up some guys like MVS and Juju, and we'll figure it out from there. But uh, again, at the end of this year, you know you got Juju's coming up on contract. You know Travis Kelsey's going to have a, have a pretty big hit. He might want to renegotiate again. Maybe Mahomes renegotiates again. Who knows what they'll do in order to try to um, try to keep these players together for another Super Bowl run next year. Yeah, but the, the one thing the Chiefs have, I think, on, on some of the other teams is we talked about a little bit earlier. They got about eight or nine guys that are rookies. Oh, yeah. Be on contracts for the next four years that the Chiefs are going to be able to kind of manipulate uh, the, the salary cap with those young guys. Remember, the salary cap goes up about another $17, $18 million next year. So, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you're right, Frank. There's always that worry of salary cap and, and there's always that worry about uh, being able to keep guys together and all those kind of things. And obviously it's not going to be able to, to happen. It never does. We lost Tyree Kill. By the way, uh, I haven't seen or heard from Tyree Kill. I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, he – I know he's looking at a bunch of zeros in his bank account, but he's also looking at a uh, an empty ring finger. Yeah, uh, I know he's got one, but they're going to have an opportunity to win another one. And Yeah, the zeros are great, but uh, – when uh, when you're 55 years old like I am, Frank, and you look back, uh, it's the rings that you think about right. that I have any, and it's not particularly the dollar bills. But that's right, me. right. But but for for me, Tim, I think a lot of the players these days look at it like this, <clears throat> especially if you're you're a Tyree Kill now and you're with the Miami Dolphins and trying to do what you're doing there. He has a Super Bowl ring, okay. And I think a lot of players these days go, you know what? I got the ring. Now I'm going to go get the money. If I can get the money from the team, same team that got me the ring, great. If I can't, I'm going to go out and get the money from somebody else because I got a ring. And I think that is the way they look at it. Now, I don't think they look at it in multiples. I think they look at it in, I got my ring, now I'm going to go get my money. And I think that's the difference today. You're probably right. We got some storylines as the Chiefs go into play against the Eagles real quick storyline uh, the number one offense against the number one defense uh, I haven't broken it down but I read an article somewhere that uh, the number one defense is won every time so the Chiefs have to break that trend uh, the second storyline is Jalen Hurts uh, and Patrick Mahomes both uh, quarterbacks have the ability to dominate the competition both younger guys Patrick Mahomes uh, passed for 5,200 yards uh, Hurts for 3,700 yards, but Hurts is more of a runner. He's more of a dual threat. Uh, and uh, both guys have been able to deliver uh, in big situations and in big games. And then the other storyline is the Andy Reid against Nick Sirianni. Andy Reid in his fourth Super Bowl at 64 years old. And then Nick Sirianni, who was with the Chiefs and was fired by Andy Reid when Andy came in. Uh, is in his first Super Bowl and really his only his fourth playoff uh, appearance as a head coach. So Super Bowls, Andy has four appearances, and the coach of the other team has had four playoff appearances. So advantage probably uh, experience-wise to Andy Reid, but make no mistake, uh, Andy um, will uh, you know have his team ready to go, and so will Nick. They're both, I think, good coaches. I think he's a Young coach with the arrow pointing up on him. But the battle, and we'll, Frank will talk about this a lot more next week, the battle up front against these offense and defensive lines, both uh, the strengths of, of the teams, uh, you know, the, the, the Eagles, 
they're about as good as it gets up front on the defensive side. And they're really, really good on the offensive side, too. Uh, Kelsey and those boys have done a really good job. I think they led the league in rushing touchdowns, maybe even close to a record in rushing touchdowns for a season. They are a good football team up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. We've got a lot of time to talk about that next week. you got the two. You got the number one team in the NFC against the number one team in the AFC, and that's uh, that's really all that counts. Uh, I think this is the Super Bowl everybody wanted to see. And my prediction is this will be the most watched Super Bowl of all time. You're listening to Crunch Time. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grover and Frank Ball, and we just kind of covered the Bengals game and talked a little bit about the Eagles game. But, Frank, we wouldn't have the opportunity to talk about those games or any games without CBD America Shaman. I want to thank our great friends from CBD American Shaman as our main sponsor. They've done a great job of being a Kansas City company uh, with the roots right here in Kansas City. have done unbelievable stuff with charitable works around Kansas City. And uh, just, wow, what a, what, a, what a great company to be involved with. And we're just so happy that Vince and Jamie and the boys over there are on our side and give us an opportunity to talk to the Kansas City Chiefs kingdom about the Kansas City Chiefs football uh, every week here on 810 WHB. Yeah, don't forget about all the retail stores throughout the Kansas City Metro. They're also up in St. Joe, Lawrence. They're everywhere. Just uh, punch it into your ways and just say, hey, where's my closest CBD American Shaman store? And there probably about four or five are going to pop up right there on your ways to tell you how to get there. Don't forget, every Thursday night, 6 to 7, Timmy and I are on. It's always 30% off. If the Chiefs end up in the Super Bowl scoring 50, you'll get 50% off uh, from CBD American Shaman for all your purchases over 100 bucks, And they can help you in all kinds of ways, not just the pain things that I talk about because that's how I use most of it. But I also take the gummy at night before I go to bed. really helps me sleep. I've been getting great sleep lately and uh, using all the topicals on my on my hands, which I have some arthritis there in my fingers, and I have some arthritis and tendonitis in my foot, my left foot. So I use it there as well. So you go in there, see them. Go down to um, you know Shaman to- Total Wellness as well. They uh, they can even there are more things, unbelievably more things to be able to explore at uh, at the wellness center. That's right. Don't forget about your pets. As I'm looking over here at Sammy. As he's laying on the porch looking out, ready to bark at another dog, maybe give him a little bit of CBD products to calm him down a little bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if there's storms, everything else, you know, thunderstorms, spring is coming around. And, you know, spring in Kansas City, we've got those big thunderstorms, scares the dogs, and dogs get all worked up. Oh, by the way, uh, when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and all the fireworks are being blown off all over your neighborhood, get some <laughs> CBD American Shaman products because their dogs are going to need them because those fireworks will be a blaring and blasting all over the neighborhoods, and make sure you take care of your pets. Yeah, but does uh, d- does the dog, does he worry about the waves crashing on the shore on an 80-degree day in Florida? Uh, yeah, you know Do what? you take the dogs to the beach? Uh, Sammy goes down to the beach. Buddy, the old dog, wants nothing to do with it. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he's an old curmudgeon. But, uh, that sounds yeah, familiar. They love Florida. It's uh, just like everybody, you know, when you get down here, it's good good for the joints. I will say I still use my CBD American Shaman products down here, Frank, but they work a lot faster when there's a lot, little bit of heat. So you ain't kidding. I know it's 50 degrees there. Today we have a uh, an 85 degree. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Don't stop. All right. Ever. Well, hey, Frankie, 
The great thing is we get to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs in a football game again next week. We'll be only a couple of days away. We'll have some sound, I'm sure, from uh, Radio Row. We'll have a great show lined up for you. For you, And, of course, CBD America, Sean, will be bringing it all as they are a great sponsor of 810 WHB. You're listening to Ranch Time.